Welcome to That's My Niche. This podcast is on the hunt for professions across all disciplines to get a glimpse into the world's mindsets and passions of successful people. I'm your host, Nina Dorfer. Sit back and enjoy listening with me. dive in. So my first question to you, Axel, is what is your profession and expertise? Um, I'm an interior architect and a furniture designer. Um, I think people know me most for my uh, bold use of colors and uh, joyful designs. Um, yeah, I, I live in Antwerp and um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm inspired by modernist and postmodernist architecture. And uh, I do think you can tell that in, in my designs. <laughs> Did you always have the plan to go into interior design or furniture design? Or did this come about during your studies? No, um, I knew from an early age that I wanted to be a furniture designer. Uh, so I started uh, yeah, the education of interior architecture in Antwerp because I knew there was a part uh, of furniture design in it. And um, I did like two uh, educations. So I did interior architecture in Antwerp and then furniture design in Mechelen. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I visited like a, an open day uh, in Mechelen when I was 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. So I did know um, from the start what I, what I wanted to do and uh, that I wanted to work in the interior and mainly in furniture design. Mm -hmm. So you knew quite early on. Yeah. Indeed. Um, and at the moment, um, so yeah, I design furniture mainly. Uh, I know quite a lot about metal because my dad uh, used to work with, with metal. Um, but I, but I uh, just started with my boyfriend, um, uh, wood uh, working, yeah, carpenters uh, course. So <laughs> we're both going to be real furniture makers. <laughs> <laughs> so you just went for it. Axel, you are Belgian. You did your degrees in Antwerp and now you work and teach in Antwerp. How would you describe Belgian design? And do you feel that the fashion scene influences the industrial and interior, and interior designers coming out of Antwerp? Um, I... Yeah, that's quite a hard question because when you're in something, um, then you not always uh, feel like all the trends that people outside of th those yeah, um, mm -hmm. are feeling. But um, I do not feel like the fashion mm -hmm. industry um, is mm -hmm. part of what we do um, because yeah, interior and, and furniture design is a lot slower. Um, and yeah, I think in Belgium... Um, the main designs are not like the screaming ones or the very, I don't know, um, extravagant. Um, but I do think we have a lot of, of good designers. And yeah, some of them are, uh, yeah, I think Vincent van Daas is one of the, the main um, architects. If you go to, yeah, if you go to Italy, that's probably the name everybody knows. 
And yeah, it's it's very pure and, and very um, elegant. And I think that's mainly all the Belgian designers are looking for something subtle, elegant and uh, yeah, something that, that works everywhere, mainly. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way to describe it. You're particularly well known for your bold use of color. <laughs> yeah, what true. are some of your favorite colors and why? Uh, I think um, I try to use all colors, um, but I mm. do feel like when, yeah, I can't think of a color, blue is always my safe option. Um, but pink as well. It's just, it's mainly gut feeling. Um, but when yeah, I started designing interiors and, and was looking for the right colors, it was very hard for me to find the right color in Photoshop because yeah, it's, it's on screen and yeah. it's way too bright always. Um, so then uh, together with a client, I started using the, the color palette of, of Corbusier. And yeah, I think that's, that's where my colors start now. Um, it's like 63 colors, I'm not sure, like just a, a limited uh, amount of colors. And they all come from nature, so they feel natural and um, they are very harmonic to, to combine. Uh, and, and that's where I start with my color use and then I, yeah, I adapt it from time to time. But um, yeah, it's, it's mainly, mainly, that's my starting point. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> so you have your own color system? Uh, I use the one from Le Corbusier, um, yeah. but yeah, it's it's like the easiest way to uh, mm -hmm. to start, I think. Yeah, I didn't even know this existed. So cool. And all the all the colors have like French name, which which describes um, which part of nature it is. So it's it's interesting. That's lovely. Yeah. In a recent article. You commented on the topic of chromophobia. What exactly does this refer to? And where is this visible exactly in today's culture? Um, yeah, it was for a, a Belgian newspaper. And um, apparently some recent study um, discovered that like all utensils in your house um, tend to turn into beige. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, yeah... We have a lot of vintage objects in our house. Um, we just uh, install a ventilator in baby blue, but I don't think if you go to the store now, you will find one in baby blue. So um, that was like the main thing in the article. Um, and then, yeah, I described when we teach in school, um, I'm, I'm just doing a, a replacement right now in a, a Master's of Interior Architecture, um, but I'm doing it for one and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, last semester, we worked uh, with students about yeah around color and the use of color in uh, in interior in an architectural way, um, and yeah we we um, visited a polychromic uh, space here in Antwerp. Um, I think it was done in the 30s by Josef Peters, so it's it's a very vibrant, um, interesting space, but. You really need to visit it to to experience it because when you see a picture, it's it's totally different, and um, yeah, that's also one of the things um, that's that's happened with with modernist buildings. Uh, they started making pictures of it with black and white photography, so all the colors that were used are yeah, they came they didn't speak as much as they do when you visit the building, 
Um, so, and then I think um, the next generation of architects just didn't experience the color part and then it slowly um, became out of, out of fashion <laughs> to use color. Uh, and yeah, I think that's a very interesting thing um, yeah, to, to go into history and, and find out why there's not so much color used anymore. Um, or yeah, if, if like Piet Mondrian, if he painted a, a whole room, how did he use his colors and how did he think about the difference between a wall or a ceiling? Um, yeah. For those guys, it were ca canvases. All the, all the surfaces in the room were a canvas. And um, nowadays, a lot of people just, yeah, they take one wall to make an accent, but that's not really how, how it's done in an architectural way most of the times. So um, color can be very interesting to, to adapt rooms, to make it wider or smaller or anything you'd like. Um, and I do think that's, that's something to, yeah, to think about more often. Yeah, I guess it's also frightening to use color. So the go-to color is white. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, even, even for me, we, we live in our house for three years now. Um, we're going to start to renovate, but I, I didn't apply any colors yet because it, do, it, it really is overwhelming if you have like a, a, yeah. a blank canvas to start. Um, but yeah, a lot of our utensils are in colors because yeah it's it's giving me a, a very good feeling and I think color is, is mainly emotional and personal um, so yeah I think everybody just just do what what they are happy with you're working together with Ries van Otten and you have been collaborating for a number of years um, how do you shape influence or complete each other's styles Or does each of you have a particular field of expertise that each of you focuses on? Um, well, I started working um, with Tris like more than five years ago. Um, we hadn't met in person, so I just sent my resume and, and applied for a non-existing job. Um, and then I think only half a year later, he replied. <laughs> um, and yeah. I think we, we have like a mutual, um, yeah, like we have mutual interest in, in parts of, of history. So um, at the moment when we start designing something, there's not a lot that has to be said. Um, we, we just know a lot of things. Uh, I know which details he likes or doesn't like. Um, and yeah. I think what's what's really important is that what we both do, although it's it's very bold and colorful, um, we look for to make it functional. That's like the, the main thing, um, and color is like a third or a fourth layer even, and it mm. can always be adapted. But it's also a part that we we really love to think about, and and we both uh, do it yeah from a gut feeling. So it's not that we have a theory or anything, but. Um, Yeah, we, we, we prefer to, to look back into history and, and see what's, what has been done. Um, actually, Dries is interior architect, but he also um, started, yeah, his first education was uh, restoring paintings. Um, mm. So mm. He, he knows a lot about how to paint, um, which is interesting because we do use a lot of uh, painted wood. 
um, because, yeah, most of our clients aren't very, uh, they don't have an extreme budget. So we try to do as much with the, the least possible money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks super organic looking at uh, the projects that you do together. It looks like you have a good synergy. Indeed. And I think that's, yeah, for me at least, it's it's like the first time that it just goes so easy. Um, I've worked together with a lot of people since I'm a freelancer. But yeah, also because we worked together for such a long time, it's, it's just, um, it works for both of us. And a lot of people ask me um, if I don't want to start on my own, completely on my own, because I do have a lot of small projects um, that I can handle uh, besides working for Dries. And I just do that because I like it a lot and I want to experience, have more experience in, in um, what I do. Um, at at Dries, I, I mainly design and I work behind the desk. And um, he is in touch with clients and, and he visits houses first uh, before... I come in, so um, my own projects are more about yeah, getting expertise um, also with clients and um, from start to finish. Uh, and with Therese, it's it's yeah, he communicates everything. So, uh, but yeah, what I wanted to say was like um, a lot of people ask, don't you want to start on your own and, and leave Therese behind? But it's just nice to work with with two and um, <laughs> to have a dialogue and yeah, think that's, that's, exactly. that's really important for both of us. Yeah, to bounce ideas off of each other and brainstorm together. Indeed. What's your method when you're designing something from scratch? Do you first collect inspiration for shapes or get inspired uh, from landscapes, or do you sketch and doodle directly? Um, I'm not a good sketcher, so it does happen, but not as often as I as I want to. Um, mm -hmm. But mainly, I start yeah um, checking references um, because I, I do want to know what has been done in the in history, and if I design something new, it it should be relevant. Um, There are a lot of chairs already, so why do you want to design some extra chair? Um, and also a lot of influences come uh, from art. Um, I, together with trees, a lot of our um, designs also come from a misunderstanding. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, I think for interior projects, um, I do know a lot about kitchens already. So that's, yeah, mainly starting with, with the plans and see um, what's, what's functional. Um, but for, yeah, like my own objects, uh, I dive into history and I look for interesting um, things that has been done already and where I can adapt um, the idea of, let's say, a lamp. Uh, Which part of the creation or design process brings you the most joy? When it's finished. <laughs> When it's finished. I like that answer. Um, it's true. Yeah. When you, um, it's very satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> When you have been working on something really hard and it finally is there, then yeah, that's, that's what you do it for. Um, 
but I, I of course I like to design um, but yeah it, it can be hard sometimes and especially uh, for my own projects I don't have a lot of time so it's it's really it's a few hours there a few hours here and it's it's a combination of a lot of things so it, it can be very um, yeah it, it can ask a lot of energy and um, once I, I've completed like the first part of the design process then it's then it's fine then you know which direction it will go but uh the first steps are always the hardest yeah once you're in it it creates some sort of momentum i guess how long does it usually take to design a kitchen for example to from start to finish um i think um Together with trees, we design in, in four phases. Mm -hmm. So from a sketch design until yeah, we, we um, send all the drawings to somebody who can make the kitchen. Uh, but yeah, it, it's like I think that this, the fastest we can go is like in four or six months. Um, I think in six months a kitchen can be finished. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we have multiple clients and not everything goes as fast as a as you'd want to, so. <laughs> yeah, you always need a buffer. Yeah, but for my own project, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, just trying to be a bit more realistic. And I do know that I can't finish uh, each phase of a design in a month. Um, so I only uh, take tasks that are not so time forced. And um, <laughs> Yeah, it's quite stressful developing something while being in a rush. Yeah. And maybe at the end, you're not really satisfied. Yeah. And even if we try, I do still feel like I want to take more time and think in, yeah, more about it. But it's just uh, our life right now. Everything has to go fast. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about everything going so fast? Um, yeah, it's, it's certainly stressful. And uh, if you have to work with a client that is really... <clears throat> as you said, um, we really need it to be finished super soon. Um, yeah, that's, that's just um, not good for your uh, for your artistic performance. Um, and you, you just start thinking very functional and you don't leave space for a poetic part of, of what we do. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe that's also why I still design like the, the freestanding furniture pieces and objects. That's something that I do in my spare time, and it's from time to time it can take two years um, when I have mm -hmm. a, an idea and to finish it. But that's fine. Um, I don't want to rush it because I get a lot of insights during not working on it, actually. Um, it's somewhere in the back of my head, and then uh, I get like... <laughs> it's marinating. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so, yeah... Um, It's not my, my main thing that I do, but I do want to continue to think about such things because it's, it's very inspiring for other projects as well. Do you feel people are a bit more relaxed after the pandemic in terms of project delays or timings? In a certain way, uh, yes, but we do feel now that everybody's in a rush since a very short period. So we've been waiting for such a long time, all of us. Mm -hmm. And uh, now real life is getting back, <laughs> back on the rails. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think nobody's eager to wait. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it feels like people want to make up for lost time. Yeah, yeah. And also also in, 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 in our spare time, there's so much going on. So you have to... Uh, <laughs> You have to, uh, I don't know, go uh, between concerts and happenings and everything. And then your work and everything is just, it's in a rush right now. Um, and it's also super hot in summer. So <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, that's intense. At the moment, you're working on a residential project together with graphic and textile designer Charlotte Thomas. How do you collaborate together coming from two different fields? And maybe you can tell us a little bit more about the project. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really know uh, Charlotte, but I, I bought a, a sweater from her mm -hmm. and I really liked her work. Um, and yeah, it's it's good um, to work together with somebody to make yeah, go the process, make the process go faster um, and to have a dialogue. So, um, yeah. We live in quite a small house and um, I feel like I'm not designing big things anymore because it just doesn't fit. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, I do like to think about projects that are a bit out of use or a bit, um, yeah, not, not as... Uh, Mainly, um, how do you see it? It's not like chair. Uh, everybody needs it, but things that are a bit more specific. And um, so I thought, yeah, maybe a beanbag is like a, a furniture piece um, that doesn't take a, a permanent spot in your house. You just throw it somewhere and then it's there and then you take it downstairs and it's, it's um, usable in different ways. And... Um, Yeah, we. I asked Charlotte if she wanted to collaborate, and I said, "Yeah, it's it's not like um, this is a thing I want to do." But I've been thinking about uh, a beanbag for quite a while already, and um, so we just yeah, I do think that we um, started organically and started to think about a seating object um, that isn't fixed or something like that, and. Um, Yeah, we both made a few designs. Um, I think uh, Charlotte, because she's a textile designer and a graphic designer, uh, she mainly focused on, on shape. Me as well, of course, but uh, I don't feel that I'm uh, as, as good in, in graphic things as she is. And um, yeah, we made a, a lot of maquettes and models and things like that. And... Um, It was funny because I, I worked quite hard on it and then I just took a, a, a toilet paper roll and started bending that and that was the starting point of the beanbag right now. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> so if it's that simple then uh, then I really like it. <laughs> ah, so you, so you use pretty random objects? At least, at least I try to um, and yeah. I do tend to create things that are too difficult, but yeah, it's the, mm. it's the pattern of a, a toilet paper roll now, so I think it's it's okay. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to see the result. <laughs> I don't think you will recognize the, the paper roll, but I hope at least. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> You're also doing quite a lot of exhibitions and research projects. 
and currently creating a design for the Museum of Circular Economy. What exactly are the pillars of circular design and what kind of design do you envision for this project? Um, yeah, I think mainly um, we don't need to produce more, but it's quite hard because that's what I do. So um, mm -hmm. everything uh, that you design and uh, make, yeah, should make sense and should be something that is uh, evolved in comparing to, to other similar projects or objects. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not fond to just make a lot of new pieces just for the fun of it. Um, mm -hmm. And also, um, I try to uh, use materials that are, uh, yeah, can be um, recycled in an in a easy way. Um, so... I'm trying not to make complex things anymore. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. My yeah, I think that's what's circular economy for me in the most parts. And then um, for the projects of the museum, um, the idea was um, the girl that uh, started the museum. She, she's also called Nina. Um, <laughs> she uh, she reached out to certain firms that are busy with um, recycling. Uh, their own products or yeah, recycling in general. And uh, she combined them with uh, designers that are not really known for their circular approach. So um, mm -hmm. I think she mainly wanted to make uh, the designers or the artists think uh, in a different way. Um, and I'm um, linked to um, a firm that makes uh, plastic windows, like plastic frames of windows. And they recycle um, plastic frames from old windows um, in entire Europe. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it's a, a frame of a window is, is a very intriguing object, and it's it's yeah, it's very graphic. Um, but actually, they can use every part of it, so there's not a lot left to use. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna use like the only remaining uh, object from the the process, and it's like a um, wait. I'm I'm not sure about the word. Uh, let me check. Uh, it's like a sieve um, that's used to um, to recycle the plastics, and it's yeah. It's not really a sexy object. It's it has a <laughs> it has a weird diameter. Um, it's they are all a bit different. So yeah. That's uh, what I'm trying to do right now. Uh, it has to be finished in one and a half months, so I have quite a lot of work. <laughs> ah, okay, there is a deadline. Okay. Yeah, there is. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope it's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> is this a group exhibition at the Museum of Circular Economy? Yeah, so I think she has like 10 or 12 um, artists. Uh, mm -hmm. Most of them are really like uh, painters or um, yeah, um, artistic people. And I'm a designer and um, I also do think that it's important to make a difference between an artist and a designer because mm -hmm. I, I really I need function. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'm, I don't want to be completely free. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an exhibition for a month in the city center of Antwerp. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And did I understand correctly that the Museum of Circular Economy is a nomad museum? Um, yes, because it's it's just starting. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's like a pop up. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a tryout, and uh, Nina really wants to make it like a permanent museum. But yeah, mm. baby steps, I think. <laughs> no, but it's a baby step in the right direction. I really like the idea. Oh, it's been such a great conversation. Um, how do people find you online? <laughs> uh, I think the main tool is Instagram. Mm. And um, I focus on finding the right people to surround me. So I try not to make my own photographs because I'm not a photographer. And um, yeah, it's, it's not always easy because... Uh, Yeah, if you want to uh, work with people, it's it's yeah, it costs it's it takes money, but um, that's fine. It's yeah, I really think that um, the pictures are my main thing um, that that interests people, and that's that's where it starts most of the time. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's the most important thing. Um, also, a lot of interviews and. Um, press uh, is important to me. Um, I think because I use color, I do uh, get a lot of uh, questions for interviews because it's diff It's a bit different than what everybody else does it's around me. Yeah, you're not very beige. Indeed. Um, but yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great to get to know you and your work a little bit uh, better. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed our episode today. Stay tuned and I'll catch you next time with another episode of That's My Niche.